Latinas with Masters is a safe space where me and you can share our stories, our narratives, and our truths. In this second episode of Let's Talk About, I share 10 red flags to look out for during a job interview. And as a job seeker myself, how some of these red flags have shown up in my interviews and my personal take on how I handled each and every situation. You guessed it, this is only the beginning for this new series of Let's Talk About, where I, Christina Rodriguez, will unpack and share the unfiltered truth about what some may be afraid to talk about and what stories don't get talked about enough. No topic is off limits. So if you have a topic or an experience you would like to talk about, hit me up. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Christina from Latinas with Masters, and you are listening to a special series inspired by recent events in my life. I'm calling this series, Let's Talk About, dot, 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 enter topic here, right? In this episode, we will specifically be talking about red flags during a job interview, but every week or every episode is definitely going to be a new topic. Um, I want to throw it out there that I'm not trying to be negative or throw any bullshit drama at you guys. There will be positive topics. There will be good things that we'll be talking about. Of course, I just have content right now because I'm dealing with hella shit right now. And I wanted to create something where I'm able to, you know, um, share my experiences with you guys and just let you guys that you guys are not alone. Right. So before I go all in, I do want to thank you for listening and supporting the first episode of this new series. Uh, I received a lot of messages about how this top this topic or the previous topic, I should say, um, of toxic workplace culture resonated with many of you uh, working in various industries. Um, so it makes me believe that we need to continue to keep having these conversations, right? Um, please know that the conversations that we do have offline are private and I would never share anything that would jeopardize you or your position. Uh, just know that you have a trusted homegirl in me that you can reach out to if you ever want to just get shit off your chest. Cause we all know we just need to take a breather to make it to the next day. So I just kind of want to throw that out there. You're not alone. Um, we're all dealing with similar or same shit. And, you know, it, it helps when you have somebody to talk to about it, right? So you can get a different perspective or ensure you're not being gaslighted, honestly, honestly, because a lot of these employers or a lot of people, you know, um, they like to gaslight us and make it seem like we're crazy and we're the one, right? That we're just tripping. So I'm here to tell you, you're absolutely not tripping. Your feelings and your experiences are validated and- you know, and I'm also sharing my experiences too. I'm not perfect, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I'm, I know when I'm being gaslighted and that's the difference between Christina five years ago during grad school and Christina now, honestly, because I swept hella shit under the rug. I took a lot of shit in. I was a punching bag for a very long time and I didn't realize really what was going on. I wasn't able to name it, honestly. So I'm here to say no more, no more of us being punching bags, no more with us being treated like shit. And yes, to calling it out and naming it and protecting our peace and our mental health and all of the above. So, um, so with that being said, I just wanted to thank you, uh, for that, um, just for the, the support 
and me starting the series. All right. So as you all know, your girl's looking for a new job. Honestly, as shitty as my job experience was, my previous last, my previous experience, um, I've been sleeping a little bit better, drinking a lot more water, and most importantly, protecting my peace and joy. However, it has brought me to talk about this topic now, red flags during a job interview. So I did some research and found some good examples along with my personal experiences of red flags. I was actually relieved that I wasn't tripping uh, on more than half of the shit I read. So here I am telling you that you're not tripping about how you have felt during an interview if you've ever had any of these experiences. All right, fam. So let's get to it. Harvard Business Review, which, side note, I saw that Kim Kardashian gave a guest lecture at one of these business schools um, or one of these uh, courses at the business school. And I was like, damn, dude, like, how do I get there? Like, holla at me, Harvard. Any of my homegirls go to Harvard, teach at Harvard, went to Harvard. Like, that is definitely on my bucket list. I would love to visit Harvard. Um, but again, just a little side note, just because when I was looking or doing the research of this, Harvard Business Review actually had a pretty extensive list. So Call at me, Harvard. Uh, we can definitely talk more about these, uh, more of these topics that should be talked about at business school, in business school, because I definitely did not have any of these conversations in my business school. But anyways, back to this. Harvard Business Review listed the following red flags. Number one, constantly rescheduling your interview. This one isn't so much of a deal breaker for me. I know shit can get busy. Um, I know recruiters are like talking to a million people. People I know actually, you know, a lot of my friends are recruiters. Like I totally get it. Like you're just, you know, trying to, you might double book. The other person is available. The other person is not, especially when you're scheduling for the C executives or for the actual people who are interviewing. Like I totally get that. What bothers me is when, you follow up with the recruiter or the hiring manager, and then they go on vacation. Okay, so what is the urgency of hiring this position then, right? Am I supposed to just wait until you get back to continue or to proceed with this job opportunity? And, you know, I know sometimes they may have already selected someone, but damn, let me know so I can move on, you know? And I just do, I do remember a couple of times where you know, I'm on my third, fourth interview and then I follow up and it's like, oh, so-and-so, she's on vacation. She won't be back until two weeks. Okay, so am I not supposed to like figure out my life in two weeks? Like everything stops because you go on vacation. So I actually, I missed out on a few opportunities for the lack of communication from the recruiter, you know? Um, so again, Harvard Business Review says that is a red flag. Um, and I definitely took it as a red flag because I moved on. Uh, so number two is disrespecting others. This looks like when other departments talk about talk bad about each other or about individuals, right? During an interview. Um, I feel like there's a difference between sharing how we can do better as an organization, as a department versus saying flat out all the things that the other department does wrong. Um, I personally appreciate the transparency, but it only makes me wonder what they would say behind my back, right? If I were to work at that organization. Um, I've only experienced this like within the organization, not so much during an interview, but like after I start working there, then the other person just, 
starts going in on another department or about a particular thing. And I'm just kind of like, damn, like, I hope you don't talk shit about me. Like, I would rather know. I'd rather you tell me in my face, honestly, than for me to hear it behind my back or, you know, or just know that this is the type of person that you are. You're just a gossiper. Right. So, again, Harvard Business Review says that this is uh, red flag number two, disrespecting others. Number three is values conflict. What do you value most in a company? If they didn't share the same values, would you still apply or move forward with the job offer? It's hard to get it's hard to get to the truth in an interview because they're going to tell you what you want to hear or what they're required to tell you. So do your research and definitely go with your gut feeling. Um you can look up information on Glassdoor. I know Indeed sometimes has employee interviews as well. <clears throat> excuse me. But um, yeah, I know this was hard. Like it's easy because we have technology now, but I would definitely reach out to um, maybe people on LinkedIn. I know I did that for two positions that I applied for and I ended up, I decided not to move forward with them. And I honestly asked current employees there and I didn't, I decided not to move forward with the job for something else. I had nothing to do with actually what the employer, the employee told me, but I was able to build that connection offline. Like, hey, I'm applying for this position. I know you don't know me. Like, I saw that you work there. I just wanted to know. I just have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. And for one of them, we actually reached out by phone and we actually had a good conversation. And for the second one, we had just like a little chat on the LinkedIn um, direct message. So it doesn't hurt to ask or to reach out to people. Definitely be cautious of who you ask, you know, um, but yeah, I had a good experience with that portion of it. So, you know, um, go with your gut feeling, you know, and see if you're able to reach out to somebody. If not, do your research and see if you want to move forward, um, depending on what your values are and what you want to see into a company. So number four is lack of clarity or inconsist inconsistency with answers. So if you're getting the runaround or not getting your questions answered directly, they're hiding something, right? Um, so this actually is a true story. Last year, I applied uh, for a university. And FYI, it's none of the schools that I actually attended, by the way. Um, and I actually had follow-up questions during my interview. Let's just say that I didn't get the job or the decency to get a response to my questions. And I want to share what my questions were, honestly, because um, I think it's important. Like, I actually wanted to work at this university. I wanted to work at this department. And the funny thing is, is like, they sent me some certificate saying that they're, you know, um, they stand behind their DEI statement. And, you know, then they sent me supposedly what the university has done in the X amount of years. But then I go to the interview and there's only one Latina on there, definitely no women of color. And I was like, huh, interesting. Interesting how you sent this information in advance to sell me, right, on quote unquote how diverse you are, um, but yet no one looks like me in this space. Okay, cool. So uh, let me share with you what my questions are. I actually have them ready to go. Um. So I did ask a couple of questions and honestly, like I wasn't really feeling the vibe and the connection in the interview anyways, which are one of the um, red flags that Harvard Business Review um, lists on here that I would further talk about. But 
I wasn't feeling the vibe. So when I sent this email, I kind of already knew I wasn't going to get the job, but I was like, hey, let me see if they would even follow up. I was actually even hesitant to send the email, but one of my girlfriends was like, no, nah, fuck that shit. Send that shit. If they're about their shit, they would email you back and tell you, even if you don't get the job, you know, great questions. Here, here are our responses to your questions, right? I didn't even get the decency of that or even telling me I didn't get the job, that they moved forward with somebody else, nothing. So I don't know how these universities like to, you know, um, say that they have all these quote unquote email etiquette, right? Quote unquote, being professional when they don't even do that to job applicants, right? Especially somebody who um, is educated like me, regardless, honestly, if you don't have an education or not, but still like they definitely showed me their true colors. But anyways, here are the questions because I want to move on to the next one. The questions are, um, I was asking actually like what happened to the person who previously held this position. So I want, I was asking them like where this person had moved on to. My second question was, excuse me. Oh my God. My second question was, what are the biggest challenges someone in this position would face? So I wanted to know like, what is a challenge, right? Like what am, what am I going to expect being in this position? Right. The third one was what metrics or goals will my performance be evaluated on? Um, my fourth one was what's the department and team culture like in this department? The next one is what kind of flexible work arrangements does this person have in this position? Again, I'm a mother. I I feel like I shouldn't even have to really ask them, but hey, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, what initiatives are in place to hire and promote women of color in this department? Yeah. I did ask that because again, I was the only woman of color in the room, in the Zoom room, right? How many women of color have previously worked in this department? Boom, mic drop, right? Um, how is the department uploading? I'm sorry, how is the department upholding the principles of community during the hiring process and selecting final candidates? Again, how are you making the final determination of the person that you want to hire that's a right quote unquote fit for this position right or a fit for this department which I hear so many in university interviews right how does a department support professional development and growth for the administration staff and are there any employee resource groups or affinity groups for the administration staff again I don't feel like there were hard questions. Like if you're about your shit, you should have been like, boom, 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 boom. Or you know what? This is a, you know, this is the area that we are focusing on. We definitely want to improve it. We can do better. Like I'm all about that, but I got zero response. So again, did me the favor of that, but again, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to, you know, follow up and call you out on your bullshit. And they basically showed me their true colors that they're not about it. They can have a nice little DEI message on their website or in department, but at the end of the day, they can't even follow up with applicants, you know, with these type of questions. So moving right along. Um, so the next one is number five, bait and switch. This is when you, when the job you applied for starts to sound different than the one they are describing to you. Either this job has recently, be uh, recently been changed 
um, which we all know can happen, right? Sometimes the title changes or they decided like, hey, we're actually going to, you know, reevaluate the responsibilities of this position, which has happened to me. Um, but communicate that to the applicant, you know? Um, let us know that we applied for this X position, but we know, um, but now there's been a little bit of changes um, and now these are the changes. And I think that these individuals, because I, I can't really say exactly like who makes a change, if it's the recruiter, the hiring manager, the HR department, the business manager, like any, you know, like whoever in that organization is the shot caller in that. I don't know if they're trying to see if these applicants are paying attention, like, oh, we're going to post this position with this amount, with this rate, right, or with the salary, but then when they actually apply, we're going to throw them this position with this salary, and then we're just going to let them know that, oh, you know, that position is no longer available, or, you know, we decided that, you know, um, we're no longer going to offer that position, so we're we're now hiring for this position. That ha That has happened to me a couple of times. Um, and at the end of the day, it's up to you if you want to move forward with it. But I actually had a recent interview like that, like, oh, your position said this, but we're actually changing it to this. And I think it had to do with like tax benefits for the employer, right? Because I'm located in California, this organization wasn't. Um, so I'm able to catch shit like that, right? So again, just be mindful that, you know, again, at the end of the day, if you really want to work for that organization, and if that doesn't bother you, by all means, go for it. But be mindful and, you know, and let them know like, Hey, I thought this position said this was a digital marketing manager, but now you're saying that it's a, you know, sales and engineer job. I don't know, you know, because again, they're going to try to get away with tax benefits, salary, your schedule based on the title, based on certain responsibilities. So just be mindful with that. Number six, inappropriate comments or questions I have a lot to say about this one. Okay. So this particular part is directly from the Harvard Business Review, and it says, if you received a question or comment that is ageist, sexist, racist, or equally offensive, it is an obvious red flag that this organization not only has poor training, but also likely tolerates bad behavior, or just as bad has not addressed unconscious bias in its talent management practices, including recruiting. Boom, mic drop, well said, and a story. So one of the interviews that I recently had um, within the last week or so was a super red flag for me. Okay, so let me, let me just give you like super really quick context. They were describing the day-to-day -day responsibilities and a typical work day, certain situations that they come across. Again, hella appreciate the transparency. But it did not prepare me for this follow-up question. Basically, after that individual explained, you know, what I just said, I was told, so if you're an emotional person, this job is not for you. Let's hear that again. If I'm not an emotional person, this job is not for me. All I can say is, wow, honestly, like I was in the Zoom call and I was like, he did not what the I'm like oh my god I cannot make this up <laughs> so many questions to unpack here right I personally know this is not exclusive to women of color even though clearly we are experiencing this type of bullshit more um, along the lines of being a woman 
one the person interviewing me was a man and two he wasn't a man of color so that should tell you everything right there and before I tell you my response I was thinking would he have said this to a man probably not right like I don't think he would say hey bro if you're emotional this job isn't for you Obviously, I'm over-exaggerating in my tone and the way that I'm saying it, right? Being super stereotypical, but for reals, like what the fuck, okay? So after that went through my mind real quick, my response was, thank you for being transparent about the role responsibilities and the day-to-day engagements, you know, in this role. To answer your question, I'm a first-generation Latina who's broken down many barriers to accomplish everything that I have to this day. Trust me when I tell you that I'm a tough cookie and you don't have to worry about how I feel because of your company. I'm sorry, let me, I wrote this down so I want to make sure. I'm going to go back. I just want to go back. I'm a first generation Latina who's broken down many barriers to accomplish everything that I have to this day. Trust me when I tell you that I'm a tough cookie and you don't have to worry about my emotions because of your company I'm sorry. Oh my God. What did I write here? I'm a tough cookie and you don't have to worry about how I feel or my emotions because if your company, there you go, is open to feedback and transparency, as you have shared with me, I will let you know if there are things that we need to address together to meet the deadlines and the bottom line of this organization. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I totally butchered that. But I said that with confidence, as in like, hey, you don't have to worry about me. I'm a tough cookie. I've been through some shit. If you're open to feedback and transparency, when shit hits the fan, then we will work on this together and we will find a shared resolution to meet the goals and the deadlines. At the end of the day, that's what I said, right? Um, so he shook his head and said, okay, great. I'll follow up with HR and they should reach out to you with next steps. The crazy thing is like, after that interview, I was like, what the fuck? Like I talked to my husband and I talked to my friend and my friend was upset, you know, and and was just kind of like, that's not how this organization is. Like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you don't have to say sorry because you weren't the one interviewing me. And so, but I got a follow-up interview. The HR manager called me back and to schedule a follow-up interview. Um, And honestly, I kindly and unapologetically declined it because I was like no way like again I know it's just an interview and maybe you're thinking like damn she's hella picky or she's over reading shit that's fine you may think that but it's like you don't know until you go through it you know I would hate to go into an organization and be like fuck that was a fucking red flag like this dude's a dick you know what I'm saying and boom and then here I am again talking to you about how I left my job you know what I'm saying so Again, it's those things that I'm just more cautious about and I'm not apologizing for not accepting shit that is not serving me. And I just was not feeling that. So thank you and next. All right, number seven, we're moving right along. Lack of connection. I don't know about you, but I need to have 100% good vibes to move forward, which is what I said from my interview at the university and this last interview that I just mentioned, right? Um, Like five seconds ago. If your energy is off or if you're being rude and condescending, 
I'm moving right along. An interview should be a two-way conversation engaged with positivity and excitement as in like, you know, damn, we're going to work together. or We're going to be in the same organization. Like we, we value you. We see you like, yeah, let's get this rolling. Right. Honestly, what I dislike the most in life are panel interviews and maybe I'll consider it, but oh my God, I can't even like, I don't know. It just gives me like anxiety just thinking about it. Seriously. Like, is this necessary? Show me the data that says that there is success rate of having panel interviews and maybe, maybe I'll consider it. But if you don't trust your own employees who you hired to hire people in this position, um, then that tells me there is a lack of trust from upper management. I don't know. You guys tell me. Like, I know that a lot of you are probably like in panel interviews all the time. You may like it. You may, you may not. But I personally feel like really like, it's just unnecessary, honestly. It's, it really is, like me personally. But again, you be the judge. You let me know. Harvard B Business Review said that it was a red flag. I'm calling it a red flag. We're moving on. So number eight, resistance to change. This could be many things. Resistance to change within the position or within the organization. Basically, every management company I have worked has had someone in power that was resistance to change, and it's so annoying. Like, how do you plan on evolving and progressing as a company when you refuse to get with modern times or make change for the better? Like, oh my God, seriously, like, I'm sure you all can relate to this situation when you're like, really? Like, let me give you a quick, okay, so let me give you a quick example, I guess. I was told, so I have an upcoming interview. And I was told that 15 minutes before my interview that they're going to send me the interview questions, right? And my question was, and then the girl's like, oh, you know, like, do you have any questions? And of course I do, right? I have like a million. But this one question that I asked, I was like, um, yeah, is there a reason why the questions are only provided 15 minutes before? Can they be sent out at least 24 hours before, you know, so I can take a look at it and review and prepare? And they said, we give everyone the same amount of time to review the questions. And I said, yes, great. I understand you're giving everyone the same amount of time. However, my question was, is there a reason why 15 minutes before? Can it be done a day before? And their response was, red flag. Their response was, we've always sent out the questions 15 minutes before and have been doing this for many years, long before I've been here. And all I said was, okay. And I think I gave like a snarky laugh as in like, wow, that's her answer. Like, okay. Um, but honestly, at that point, I was already thinking like, damn, this is not a reason. More like this is a common practice. And I don't know. It like, to me, it was just like lack of connections. Like uh, there's a couple of previous red flags and talking to this, you know, recruiter person that hit me up. Um, honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to go to the interview for the, for this position. Um, because I do have other positions that I'm considering that I'm actually very far along with. And, and actually it has been seamless. They've been great. No red flags. None of these that I just mentioned, like what I'm on number eight, none, no red flags whatsoever. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you guys know, honestly, but I don't know. Cause 
it's super early in the morning. Obviously, I'm going to get these uh, questions 15 minutes before I have to do a presentation. Like the only good thing is like, it's in my backyard. It's like in the same city where I live. But at the end of the day, it's like at the expense of what, right? Everything is going to be at the expense of what? My stress, my sanity, my mental health. Absolutely not. I don't care if I work from home. You're stressing me out. I don't want it. So again, I know I'm like super tangent on this, but um, I don't know. Maybe it will be a topic of a future series. Maybe I'll just go to the interview, just to let you guys know how it went and see if, you know, if there were additional red flags, <laughs> that would be interesting, right? But anyways, let's go to number nine. Excessive number of interviews or withdrawals of interviews. As in, why is this position still available? One of the positions I applied to told me it has been vacant for a year. A year. You're telling me a year you couldn't find somebody? That is crazy to me. You know, and I always ask in the interviews how long this position has been available. Why is this position available? Where did the previous person go? What position, what positions do they hold now? What do they move on to? Like, yes, let's normalize being nosy as fuck and seeing what the fuck happened here. Honestly, right? So again, if that person did nothing wrong or if you are such a great organization, you should be able to tell me, you know what? They decided to move on. They were getting their degree. Um, she decided to move towards what her path, whatever it is, honestly, but it's a red flag to me when you're not telling me anything or again, this position has been long, has been available for a long time. So um, I don't know, like you tell me, you guys tell me what you guys think. Like, is that a red flag for you? If this position was available for a year or six months, you know, and I know that some of these, organizations have said oh because we haven't found qualified quote-unquote people fit people you know and we all know that leads to we're not trying to hire a person of color you know and there's some organizations that have flat out said that <laughs> so again you be the judge of that part another thing mentioned was a number of interviews going back to what I said about the panel interviews or having multiple interviews for C executive interviews, as much as it sucks, it's expected to have a lot of interviews. And Harvard Business Review actually quoted Peppercorn stating that 10 to 12 interviews is being excessive. Um, Yeah, what the fuck? That's beyond excessive to me, honestly. Uh, I consider three to five interviews to be excessive. So 10 and 12 is like OD to me, right? And I honestly was going to go on a sixth interview and I just drew the line because if I have to talk to six people to say the same exact shit, then what am I doing here? You know, can anyone, can anyone make a decision around here or does everyone hands need to be in the pot? Right. And that particular interview, I actually really wanted the, the position. It was a marketing position and I talked to. I get it. The hiring manager, the recruiter, you know, I talked to some of the employees. I talk about, I talked to some of the people that I would manage. Then I talked to the owner. Then I talked to the founder. I mean, it was like a lot, right? But they also had me do like a marketing presentation and that was going to be the sixth interview. And that's where I drew the line. Like you should be paying me to doing a marketing presentation because they, they wanted me to come up with branding and taglines and a newsletter and like how would you present this to stakeholders and I'm like I am not going to send you shit so you can use that moving forward and I didn't even get the job you know 
I don't know how they're going to use that information. So I had to protect my intellectual property and I decided, you know, I'm sorry. Like I have a master's in marketing. If you would like, I can show you my past presentations that I've done with previous ownerships, but I will not be creating a new presentation board for you, honestly. Like it was like, again, I wanted the job, but not to that extent, because again, that, that was going to take a lot of time away from my kids, you know? And again, I don't know. That's just where I drew the line. I'm not, I don't even know what else to say. Like that, that to me was ridiculous at that point. So, you know, Harvard business review said it was a, uh, you know, red flag. So I'm calling it a red flag. Number 10, exploding offers. Um, HBR states an exploding offer is basically an ultimatum. Ultimatums, ultimatums don't feel good or show respect for an individual's desire to make a thoughtful career decision and weigh their options that will affect their career and livelihood for years to come. It shows um, insecurity and even bullying behavior on the employer's part, not to mention a big blind spot in their awareness of how the company will be perceived in the talent market. So based on that def Based on that definition, this only happened to me twice. The first time they wanted me to make a decision after they offered me, um, after they had, you know, um, disclosed the salary to me. And I advised them that I needed to see the entire compensation package, including healthcare benefits, you know, uh, 401k, PTO, like all that stuff, right? And um, I'm sure I mentioned this before, but like my son has a speech delay and I visit doctors quite frequently. And as a parent with, children you know or a medical need honestly healthcare was very important to me so when i looked at the at the deductions for the healthcare half my check will go to healthcare so they were so big on like oh we're going to offer you this big salary but then i look and i'm like okay half of that shit's going to go to healthcare like you have a pretty high premium for you know a family of four you know to be covered under um your medical insurance that's crazy to me. I don't know how employers don't see the impact healthcare has on the cost to the employees and their families, right? So need needless to say, I didn't accept a job offer uh, based on that criteria alone. And um, I didn't care about the other benefits or perks. You know, honestly, healthcare was the biggest thing for me. So, um, and I don't know, you guys tell me, like, If someone were to give you, I was just trying to think of the words to say, if you really wanted to work at this organization, but their healthcare costs was half your check, like, would you go for it? You know, or it, it, it honestly could be anything like my specific situation was healthcare, but I'm just throwing it out there. Like, would you guys, I mean, it's something that you guys need to be thinking about, you know, like when you guys are looking for jobs, you know, like they like to say like, oh, this is your salary, but then there's other bullshit you're going to be dealing with. And it's just like, then what's the point of that? You know what I'm saying? What's the point of me gaining paid this amount when half of it is going to go to this or I'm not going to be able to enjoy my time because I have to work 10, 12 hour days or this, I, you know, like I'm not going to be able to see my kids go to their plays, go to the school, pick them up, whatever it is, honestly, like you're going to decide what the compensation package is valuable to you. And I'm just throwing these out there because these are my experiences. These are the decisions I had to make. Um, again, I probably sound picky as fuck. Yeah. Let me be picky as fuck, you know, because the right 
company ain't is not out there you know like it's not perfect you know and in certain situations i need it to be perfect if it comes with you know um protecting my family and supporting my family then yeah there's certain things that i absolutely will not budge for like they have to be like don't mess with my money don't mess with my medical care you know like there's certain things that i'm just like non-negotiable so I just want to throw these things out there so you also know what your non-negotiables are, you know? So I also wanted to recommend um, the article, The Every Girl, because that article has 17 red flags uh, during an interview. Like I just touched based on seven and some of them do overlap. Um, but the article is called 17 Red Flag." interviews 17 red flag interviews that make you think twice about a job and there are a few more red flags listed there that are not mentioned here like I said some are um some intersect and some didn't um I also looked up uh or I came across an article called BuzzFeed I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with BuzzFeed and that article was called 37 yes 37 red flags to look for in a job interview um, this one's a little bit more fun to read because they have memes and examples um, within various industries for each one that they list. So I definitely recommend checking that one out. I mean, some of them are like pretty funny, but some of them you're probably like, oh shit, like that happened to me or I know somebody. So again, I'm just having a conversation with you guys just to kind of tell you guys about these red flags, what I've experienced, what I'm still experiencing. Um and another thing is, um, I do want to leave you with this as you embark on your job search. Effective January 1st, 2023 of this year, there are various states that require the salary ranges to be listed on the job postings. I noticed quite a few job postings were not having the salaries listed. So shame on you. Also, you are allowed to ask your employer um what the salary range is for your current position. So again, starting on January 1st, employers with at least 15 workers will have to include pay ranges in the job postings and employers will also be able to ask for the pay range for their own position and larger companies will have to provide more detailed pay data to California Civil Rights Department than previously required. Boom, I love it. Um, similar laws went to effect in Washington, Colorado, and New York City. So definitely check your local county and state for pay equity and pay transparency laws. It'll most likely will have those buzzwords. Um, so I would look up, you know, Washington pay equity law or Washington pay transparency law, whatever state that you're in or local or your county, um, try to put that information and see what comes up for you. Um, but in California, it definitely should be listed. And I know as a job searcher, I definitely did not see a lot of these posts, postings listed with salaries. Um, and I don't know about you, but I don't apply for a job if it doesn't have a salary. Like, I always wondered about this. And I'm definitely going to talk about more. But I just want to leave you guys with this because I think this is ridiculous. Like, why would you apply for a job or why would employers expect job seekers to apply for a job that doesn't have a salary, right? Like you're, you're expected to just apply for a job without even knowing if this is going to put food on the table or if this is going to like 
pay my rent or pay for my kids college tuition or school tuition or put clothes on my back or honestly it doesn't even matter but like why are there why do they expect us to like normalize this right and it makes me think as someone who works in housing you don't just apply for a you don't apply for an apartment and not know what the price of the apartment is right or you don't buy a home without knowing how much the home is right like when I bought my home, I didn't like blindsided just bought this house and be like, you know what? Yep, that's the one. I want that one. Oh, I got approved. Oh man, I don't. I can't even. I can't even afford it. You know, like that makes zero sense to me. Like, don't even make it make sense because it does not even make sense. It does not make sense. So I'm glad that we have these transparency laws and um, these pay equity laws because damn, it took a law for these employers to do that shit. And that's the thing that just bugs me like everything has to be a law just for us to have like compassion or like common sense or equity and equality and oh my god like I can honestly go on a whole nother tangent but again something to think about honestly um definitely would love to change that um so with that being said, the next episode that I'm going to talk about is salary negotiations. We all need to secure the bag and close the gender pay gap, period, and the sentence. Like there is nothing else that comes after that. Um, so if you have any questions on salary, uh, salary negotiations, hit me up. You can email me latinaswithmasters at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram. Um, you can, you can hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'd be on Twitter sometimes like late night. That's probably where all like my, like, I don't give a fuck thoughts kind of go on there. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Latinas W masters. Um, but thank you everyone for your love and support. Be safe, be well, and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out. Bye.